Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I am a highly sensitive person. I have some sensory issues. I have ADHD. I also have a highly sensitive body. You know, maybe it's my ADHD, but sometimes medications and even supplements have an adverse effect on me. So when I heard our next, my next guest's story and learned about her brilliant work in the ADHD world, I knew I wanted to have her on the show. Donna Kay is a board-certified holistic health and nutrition practitioner and the CEO of the ADHD Thrive Institute and creator of the ADHD Thrive Method for Kids program. As a mother of a child with ADHD, she knows the struggles that come with parenting a neurodiverse child, but she also knows the freedom that's possible once parents learn to reduce symptoms. Donna has been featured in Forbes, Authority Magazine, Medium, Thrive Global, and others. She's also been a guest on multiple summits and podcasts. Her mission is to help families reduce ADHD symptoms naturally so children with ADHD can thrive at home, at school, and in life. Now, during this episode, Donna and I talked about using food as a natural treatment for reducing ADHD symptoms in families. We talk about how it is possible to support children with ADHD using food and natural strategies. We talk about what inflammation is, how it affects our bodies and our minds, and why our bodies respond better without inflammatory foods. We talk about how to buy, get buy-in from our teens, how to make slow and steady changes, and what functional lab testing is and how it can be can help determine next steps. But before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. You know, when we are dealing with uncertainty, especially when it comes to trying new treatments or lifestyle changes with our kiddos, we have to deal with our own emotions first. That's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator, Krista Bevan. Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run on overdrive with ADHD. Now, if you know that you need some help in the emotional regulation area and executive function that is often challenging in ADHDers, check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. I'm a course participant and I really love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD mind can understand. She also includes steps to implement what I'm learning into my everyday life. You can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash radical mother dash foundations, or you can find the link in the show notes. And just so you know, I only recommend and allow sponsors that I have personal experience with. And Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the course and enjoy this powerful conversation with Donna Kay. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Donna, it's nice to meet you. It's lovely to have you here. And I'm really excited about um, digging into our conversation today. 
I am super excited to be here too, Tracy. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got to be doing what you're doing, what you're doing right now? And I know I have listened to you. I've been following you. So I know some of it, but can you share that with our listeners? Yeah, definitely. Look, um, when my son was about 18 months old, my gut told me there was something different about him Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. uh, seemed to have more energy than every other child his age and his meltdowns were much more dramatic and that's the hardest thing I, i think for families is the you know the meltdowns and the the pressure it puts on the family um but anytime i brought up my concerns uh with teachers or doctors uh People just dismissed them, telling me his behaviour was totally normal and Mm. they'd say he's just a typical boy. Uh, And so, you know, in my mind I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is what parenthood should be like. And... As the as the years passed, my 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 gut continued to tell me that that something was was not right, and mm-hmm. his his tantrums grew more and more severe, and you know his teachers began to notice more difficulty in the classroom, and I honestly wanted to escape my life, yeah. and I would wake up every morning dreading uh, the day ahead and what what mood um, he would be in, and. Right. It was just terrible. I I was I felt like a terrible mum, uh, mm. and um, just wanted to escape everything. And you know, we met with a developmental pediatrician when he was four years old, and that's when he was officially diagnosed with ADHD, and mm-hmm. he was prescribed his first medication. And honestly, at that point, I remember feeling really relieved um, when I filled that prescription because. You know, I was thinking finally there was going to be peace in our home. And unfortunately, my feelings of relief were really short-lived as, Mm -hmm. you know, his dosages increased, uh, so did his side effects. He wasn't sleeping well, he was losing weight, he was anxious, and he started to have even more meltdowns in the afternoon. It was like all Mm -hmm. that pent-up energy throughout the day was being pushed down, and when the medicine wore off, they just exploded. And the doctor, though, didn't seem too concerned about the issues and Mm -hmm. insisted that, you know, adding more medication would be the answer. And then when the doctor hand me the prescription for the fourth medication. So he was already on three. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he was taking three. You were adding another to the three. He was taking wow. three. And wow. okay. that's when my gut told me there had to be another way. Yeah. Um, I'm not against medication. Uh, you know, there's definitely a time and place for it, but this was just too much for my son's tiny body. And, and that's yeah. when I sort of said, okay, this is not okay. And Mm -hmm. that's when I began learning about how diet affects so much more, you know, than the the number on the, on the bathroom scale, you know, that's what we think about diet, but, you know, over the years of research and um, studies and, you know, my, my holistic health degree and multiple specific certifications in this particular area to help kids with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've worked with thousands of families, you know, I have learned that my experience was far from unique. There are so right. many families out there just like mine that are really desperate for other options and often find the side effects of medication are worse than the original symptoms of the ADHD. Right, 
Right, yeah. right. So yeah. he's, he's thriving today. He he hasn't been on meds for years. He's in middle school. Um, he's Sweet. a straight straight A student. He's doing uh-huh. really really well. Yes, he's a, a preteen or or teen, almost teenager. Right. Um, and so that brings its own uh, teenage. Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as I'm sure you know as well, Tracy. Yeah, I have two, two, two middle schoolers. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And add the ADHD on top. And it's just, and it's quite a, um, quite a ride. Yeah, so, so he's doing well. So what, tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about what changed. A lot changed. A lot changed. Um, a lot changed. Look, we uh, really dived into how we can reduce his symptoms mm-hmm. with food and natural uh, solutions mm-hmm. and it's 1000 po- 1000% possible to support children with ADHD using these natural strategies mm. and you know we there's there's not one size fits all and you know the biggest problem i see uh, today is that medication is sort of only viewed as the only treatment option for kids with ADHD and right. you know therapy might be also thrown in there as an available treatment but dietary changes are typically not mentioned at all even though we ever really ever, ever, ever. <laughs> not even oh, at the pediatrician Can I tell you that when I started researching all of this and studying it, I went to our pediatrician and I said, you know, I'm going to change his diet and I'd like to do some stool testing and some food sensitivity testing. And he said, don't bother. None of that works. Wow. Okay. So let's just say I don't have the same (laughs) pediatrician anymore because it clearly does work. But, you know, uh, I've seen it time and time again that diet can play a huge role in behaviour. Right. There are over, you know, 6 million families in the USA that have kids with ADHD. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the only option many of these families are presented is medication. And this is a problem because... A lot of these parents don't want to give their kids strong medication or haven't, you know, had very much success in their initial attempts. And that was the case for my son. And so, uh, uh, you know, it was really, we really started to sort of dive deep uh, into uh, fueling his body, reducing Mm -hmm. inflammation. What I learned is their body is in a state of inflammation. Oh, right. Body, their brain and their gut. And so the first thing you need to do is start to reduce that inflammation. Now, the best place to start and where I started with my son was building that solid foundation. And I often I often use this analogy quite a bit. When you are building a house, mm-hmm. a solid foundation, it isn't optional. It's a necessity. Right. And if you don't have a solid foundation, that house isn't going to be very strong. And it's it's the same way with us and our bodies. Right. Diet is our foundation. And if our diet is poor, we can never function at our best. And that's true for us adults. And yeah. it's also true for our children. Yeah. And things like food that seem to have nothing to do with the brain actually influence the behavior, the mood, and the mind. And right. how, we, how we think, 
feel, function is connected to the overall health of our body. And so when we change how and what we eat, we can change those symptoms of behavior, of mood, of learning, of focus, because we're really starting to reduce the inflammation in the body and sort of influence the deep inner workings of the body. And so that is really where we started was with diet. I love how you explained all of that in a simple way <laughs> for my ADHD brain. I'm actually a, um, I have, I have ADHD. I'm a highly sensitive person. I have had, I've been on so many diets for health, mm-hmm. not for, not for weight, but diets for my health, all of the sensitivities that I've had. I mean, yes. um, so I'm familiar and I do know, I mean, that, that. And we we'll, we'll get to that, but you talk about um, about taking wheat out first. Mm-hmm. Taking wheat out of the diet now. I am we we're coming on. You know, we're we're that we're we're not really coming off of a pandemic. We're kind of still in the pandemic. Still very much in it. <laughs> still very much in it. And I've got middle schoolers and mm-hmm. the and and and. So my diet isn't perfect. My mm-hmm. kids' diet isn't perfect either, but I do have firsthand experience with taking all of that crap out of my diet. And just, you know, the way that I explain it is that, you know, and I have, you're going to help me with how to explain this to my kids, my, te- yes. my teenagers, but that I felt like I was lighter, like I was buoyant. It mm-hmm. was very, very interesting. And it wasn't weight. Yes. It was like my being was lighter. Mm-hmm. I wasn't as foggy, foggy. and fuzzy. Yeah. 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 Foggy is a really, really good way to explain it. And, um, uh, you know, I just, I think I want to explain to the listeners why taking out gluten is so important. You know, I, I, I started talking about the inflammation in the body mm-hmm. and the brain and the gut and right. the, the first way to do that is cut out highly inflammatory foods and, yeah. and they are gluten, dairy, and soy. And I think, you know, gluten for a lot is, is probably the biggest thing. Um, and so I'm not going to dive into the other two too much right now but i think yeah. i think talking about why gluten uh is is so important because that's the number one food all children with adhd and most people i will tell you it's not just the children with adhd right. the amount of parents that like come to me after going through my program and say you have no idea how different I feel. Um, You know, the inflammation in my hip, I couldn't walk up the stairs for years and now it's completely disappeared. My cholesterol has never been in normal ranges until now. Mm. Uh, We just, we just actually hired a new uh, virtual assistant in our business who had been through the program with her daughter and she Mm. got on the phone to us and she's like, I have lost 70 pounds. 70? 70 oh my gosh. I joined your program for my daughter who's doing amazing right? but she lost 70 pounds Holy in cow. the process which okay. is amazing so right when I talk about kids with ADHD and and gluten it's not really just them it is everyone because it is so inflammatory and you know it really affects the body so much plain mm-hmm. and simple gluten is harmful for everyone and yeah. that's because it triggers increased intestinal permeability and you're probably going to go what is that (laughs) so uh, (laughs) basically it refers to the breakdown of the intestinal walls in the gut Mm. and 
Yep. And when functioning properly, the walls of the intestine form a barrier, mm -hmm. allowing the water and nutrients to pass through, but blocking other things from entering the bloodstream. So the, the nasties and the toxins and things like that. And so when a person has increased intestinal permeability, that can lead to leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And leaky gut is basically the tight junctions in the gut, in that lining that are supposed to control what passes through, um, right. are not doing their job anymore. And they're allowing those toxins and other harmful substances to enter the bloodstream that really aren't supposed to be there. So what do you imagine happens when these toxic substances enter our bloodstream? I mean, it's crazy. It goes to every part of our body, right? It does, but yeah. the body also fights them off and mm -hmm. tries to get rid of them. And when something enters the bloodstream that isn't supposed to be there, it triggers an inflammatory response as the body seeks to rectify the issue. Okay? That is super helpful to understand when you talk about inflammation. Got it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So gluten leads to increased intestinal permeability, which leads to leaky gut, which leads to inflammation, which mm -hmm. leads to symptoms, whether that is got nothing to do with ADHD, like stomach aches, constipation, brain fog. So when you were saying mm -hmm. you felt less foggy, that's what that was doing. Yeah. Inattention, inability to focus, hyperactivity, even, you know, chronic runny noses, anger issues, wheezing, you know, mm -hmm. and many of those symptoms sound like ADHD, don't they? They really do. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, but cutting out gluten, caregivers of children with ADHD are removing one food that significantly contributes to that inflammation in their mm -hmm. body and their brain. Right. And in my experience, if we remove gluten along with those other highly inflammatory foods like dairy and soy, and there's a few others in terms of like artificial flavors and colors and preservatives, I won't go into that, but we right. focus on not just taking out, feeding the body and the brain and the gut with mm -hmm. really sort of whole micronutrient rich fruits and veggies, grass-fed animal protein, uh, good healthy fats to feed that brain. Um, mm -hmm. You know, families find that those ADHD symptoms diminish significantly and sometimes disappear completely because wow. they're really allowing the gut to repair. Uh, right. I'm not going to dive into it now, but oh, I, I will talk about it in a bit actually, but um, the gut-brain connection is is massive because there's, you know, this communication highway between the two. And if one's broken down, then the other one isn't functioning well either. Right, right. I've recently, again, I love how you make everything very simple. And I just, so I, and I like to be able to visualize things. Yeah. So it's your, the way that you teach is really, um, and the way that you share information is really helpful for my ADHD mind. So thank you. Just a side note. <laughs> I am kind of used to talking to people with ADHD. I bet you are. I bet you are. Yeah. It kind of, kind of tends to run in families too. And we're, if well, we're all eating the gluten, right. Then we're yeah. all in a, a different state of mind. But interestingly, no one in my family has it hmm. okay. other than my son. Um, but at the end of the day, he, I, it will be, it would be very interesting and I haven't done it. Mm -hmm. um, but if I actually went to go and get him assessed again, I 
probably don't think he would be classified as ADHD. So, you know, his body was in such a state of inflammation that it was, that's what it was doing. It was, you know, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. um, And this is probably a topic for another day, but, you know, there's also genetics involved Mm -hmm. in it um, in terms of like, do you have certain mutations um, that can contribute to, uh, you know, feelings of depression if you don't eat certain things or if you do eat certain things. So there's, Mm. you know, there's so much to it, but really with kids, they're much easier than adults because they've got that less inflammation. It's really easy and they adapt really quickly when you, when you start reducing it. Right. Okay. So I, um, I have started with my kids, like I said, the, the pandemic sent my ADHD into overdrive with having, I'm, I'm used to having, you know, I work from home. I've been working home from home for years. And then all of a sudden, and it's a 1400 square foot house, right? It's not big. Mm -hmm. The kitchen is right there, right? The microwave, the, the refrigerator, the cabinets, everything's right there. So having the kids home, my ADHD was just like crazy. The thought of meal planning, because I know I, because I've done this before, because Mm -hmm. I've, for myself, I haven't done it with my, although when my kids were babies, I made my own food for them and they would like, I, um, they ate really well. And then all of a sudden they had this realization that, wow, I don't have to eat that. And then things, and then friends and school and then all the things, right? It's a common, common story (sighs) and obstacle. It's not impossible though. Right. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you're going to ask, so what do you do? How do you get started? Or That's exactly um, what I know. (laughs) And how do you do it with teens? Because it's, you know, Mm. the teens, we were talking earlier, it's a, it's a different thing with teens, you know, and it's, it's not as easy, but I do see that it's possible. So when 25, God, maybe 27 years ago, when I started doing these, the elimination diets and the rotation Mm -hmm. diets and all of that. It was impossible, not impossible. It wasn't impossible, but the, the, uh, the choices that we had for gluten-free anything were terrible. At yeah. least there are good, there are better so, options. There are so many options out there. Yeah, Tracy, what I can say to you and to the listeners out there is that Rome was not built in a day. Thank okay? you. And (laughs) your family's diet does not need to change in a day either, Mm. okay? It's not a race. It's a marathon. And with that, it's okay to take it slowly. It's okay to take one step at a time. And so everyone needs to give themselves permission to take it slow. But I'll tell you that when you make these small, slow changes, Mm -hmm. you look back and all of a sudden you're gluten and dairy and you're soy free and it's your new normal. You don't think about it anymore. It's part of life. We don't, we've been eating this way for years. I don't ever think about, oh, what are we going to eat if we go out to that restaurant? What is my son going to eat when he goes to that birthday party? It's part of our normal routine. And so you think about it, you probably, I can tell you this is the way I am now even. I make the same things for Monday night dinner 
every Monday night because mm-hmm. I'm a busy uh, working mom uh, with two, you know, kids that and trying to keep the household and everything balanced just like you. Right. So to make my life e- easier, I always make the same meal on Monday nights. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you might do that now. All we want to do is we want to just change that Monday night meal mm-hmm. and in a couple of weeks you'll be used to it. Okay. Right. And then all of a sudden your Monday night meal is gluten, dairy, and soy free. Mm -hmm. And you're used to making it every Monday night. And And it's just one. I love that. I love that. Like we don't have to do a complete overhaul. Yes. Um, To start. To start. Right. Yes. We can eventually, but yeah, that's, that's really helpful and not feeling like, oh my gosh, because that's, that's the, um, cause we, we kind of went back and forth a little bit, um, uh, messaging and I was like, Oh, it just feels overwhelming to try this with like, I could do it on myself. It was easier, but to it do is. it with the family. How, now, how do you get buy-in from the teens? That's the biggest question. <laughs> yeah. Look, um, again, you want to take them on the journey with you and I, it depends on how old they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they can handle the why, because, you know, I've shared quite a bit of why today, especially with gluten. Right. Uh, and so, you know, maybe if they're old enough, you can get them to listen to me talking mm-hmm. about why we yeah. have actually created a program alongside our program for the parents Mm -hmm. for the kids and you know when you've got your mum telling you you can't eat this this and this and you've got a teenager they're going to be like mum as if right when you've got someone else telling them in a way that they can understand and take in and they can see that they're not the only ones changes the landscape everything so right my son's in the program in in the kids version of the program mm-hmm. i've got other kids that uh who have been through the program who have been through the you know changes in their diet in the program as well that are they're talking about how they feel about it mm, because you know right. it can be tough and so you've got to lead with that empathy yeah. they've got to go through a morning process but the way that you do it is you just make those small, slow changes. Mm-hmm. So when one snack runs out, don't buy it again. Right. Buy something different. Donna, get- that's what I did. I started a couple of weeks ago after we went back and forth. I just started the next time I, I, um, I ordered groceries. I ordered just a little bit different. And maybe eventually I will just pull that kind of snack out altogether. Mm-hmm. But my kids didn't really even like they have my my son loves pretzels. Well, there's a delicious gluten free pretzel. There that, is. Yeah. And so I'm realizing and um, so and I know my kids also like macaroni and cheese. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, don't try to replace mac and cheese. No. And the reason being is they have this picture of mac and cheese in their mind and you're never going to be able to make it the same. That's true. What I actually tell families is rename it. Okay. If you want to do pasta with cheese, pasta with something else, it could be, you know, um, uh, you know, Tracy's, um, uh, famous family pasta and it can have a similar flavor and they can start eating it. So sometimes, you know, if you've got kids that are hooked on having a glass of milk, I just say, don't buy milk 
and it's not there. Mm-hmm. They can't have it anymore. Right. And then, you know, when, they, when they're used to not having that mac and cheese for, you know, a couple of months and they've been having your pasta, um, then you could try something that has a similar sort of way about things. Right. Um, or, you know, you can try if you want to, I mean, I don't actually think kids need to drink you know, a glass of milk anyway, it, no. it fills up their body. They don't want to eat other foods that are going to give them all the good nutrients that they need to have. Right. And so there are other tactics that we can use um, if, you know, they have smoothies or whatever mm-hmm. and they're used to it with whole milk. Start with three quarters whole milk and one quarter coconut milk and right. get them used to that. Change their taste buds slowly. Yeah. Chain them to where you want them to go rather than going, okay, you're used to drinking a chocolate thick shake. I now want you to drink this coconut green smoothie. Right. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. I tried the green smoothie to- thing yeah. um, a while back. And at, yeah. at first they were like, oh, and then they thought, Nope. <laughs> exactly. You've yeah. got to take baby steps to get there. You don't right. want to just throw that on them because they're going to be like, mom, are you serious? Yeah. So this is, this is really helpful. And your, our little interaction really, really helped me to, okay, so I can just, I can just take little steps and it doesn't have to be this complete overhaul that is overwhelming. I honestly, I do have, um, Meal planning is one of those things. Like if I, I know I'm not alone here, but if I, like, if I had to choose between having somebody clean my house or having somebody um, prep and make meals, I hands down prep and make meals for me. I would eat Mm -hmm. so well because I love everything. Right. But, but, uh, but yeah, the meal planning piece is that that's the, can I, can I give you a word of advice? Please. Um, what I suggest for families to do while they're transitioning mm-hmm. is to spend 30 minutes and write down two weeks of dinners. Mm-hmm. Okay. And simply rotate them. Oh, right. Okay. And so you don't need to meal plan every week. Right. You spend 30 minutes and uh, you can, you could even do one week. You could mm-hmm. do five dinners, okay, that are all gluten, dairy, and soy free. And you'd probably be surprised that some of the meals that you're already making or they're already used to are probably already gluten, dairy, or soy free, or just require one or two swap outs. Like instead of using butter, use olive oil or avocado oil or something Mm -hmm. like that. So there's, you know, some little tweaks that you can make to them and then just write Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, depends on what you do on the weekend, but, and then just do that until you feel comfortable. Yeah. Okay. All right. That is super super helpful and the and just starting with starting with the wheat and just like you said what mondays we can start with mondays for a month yep. a month of mondays we can mm-hmm. do that and we can all do that yes now um kind of just switch gears just a little bit you talk about um about the the uh lab testing mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit more about that because i'm really the, the interesting thing for me about ADHD is that, you know, we, we do all of these, this testing on the body, right? Lots mm-hmm. of the blood and all kinds of different testing. And then when it comes to ADHD, there really, there's a, there's, there's the reportive testing, mm-hmm. yep. but we're not actually asking the body what it needs. So tell us a little bit about that. 
Yeah, definitely. I know you're a big proponent of the testing. Yeah, I am. But I mm-hmm. will say that diet is always where I start. Um, but for some people, their bodies and their guts need uh, a lot more help. Um, right. But honestly, it's probably half of the families I work with. Testing mm-hmm. isn't necessary. It is okay. It is expensive. It's not covered by insurance. Right. Um, uh, and so, uh, you know, I really sort of listen to uh, the family and their health history and what's going on and determine if I believe that, you know, that's probably what's going to be required. Like if mm-hmm. I hear a history of um, a kid being on multiple rounds of antibiotics when they were younger or had tubes put in their ears and things like that, most right. likely we're going to have to go to testing. Yeah. Um, but for, for some families, um, diet is enough to subside symptoms enough for the families that you know don't feel they need to dive deeper right but on the other hand for those others um even after changing their diet they still feel like something else is missing and um these families are the ones that i recommend uh move forward with functional lab testing which was the case for my son Mm -hmm. you know when we first started with diet and reducing inflammation in the body um we then looked at lab testing. So the first test that I always sort of recommend um, gives you a clear picture of the state of the gut. And it looks for things like, and they're gross, parasites, bacteria, worms, yeast. Mm -hmm. Um, There are also some intestinal health markers that really look at inflammation and immune system responses and leaky gut, which we talked about earlier. Uh, It also looks at reactivity to gluten, Mm -hmm. um, digestive enzymes, and are you digesting your fat well, which is important because you need that good fat to feed the brain. Right. Okay. So, um, and I want to just give you, I want to tie this to ADHD and, you know, a couple of things that relate to the gut. And I talked about it earlier with that gut brain connection. Mm -hmm. There's a very close connection between the gut and the brain. And one of the signs of disconnect in a brain, um, is a gut that's not functioning well. And, and Mm. the brain has many areas, uh, that are involved in gut function. Uh, but one of those main areas is the frontal lobe and Mm -hmm. it talks to the gut via nerve branches and two way chemical messengers. Now, if you know anything about ADHD, which you probably do, um, the frontal lobe is involved in things like attention and focus and executive function and play organizing and problem solving Mm. okay and all of these are common symptoms that most of our adhd kids and adults are struggling with Mm -hmm. but i think the biggest thing for me because it really puts pressure on the family more so than just school like you know with the focus and things like that the gut is responsible for making 95% of our serotonin mm. and 50% of our dopamine, which are our happy, feel-good neurotransmitters or hormones that really help regulate our emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, they maintain our mood balance and our cognitive function. Again, these are areas that most kids with ADHD have problems with. So, uh, you know, why don't we just find out why the gut isn't able to produce them, fix that. Mm -hmm. We don't need meds. We don't need meds to, you know, artificially use the serotonin more effectively. Let's just boost up the serotonin, um, fix that, then the body can produce what it needs to function well. So that's the first one that we look at. Mm -hmm. Um, There's usually four that I recommend as a base, and I think it gives a really good overview of, like, the whole body. Um, The next test is a food sensitivity 
immunity test. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to really link gut function to this test. And this is what a lot of practitioners miss. Um, when uh, we eat food, our gut breaks down that food into micronutrient sized particles. And those particles go through the lining of the gut into our cells mm-hmm. to give us the nutrients we need. However, as we discussed earlier, a lot of our kids have leaky gut. Okay. Right. So that breakdown of the lining of the gut. So, um, when something foreign goes into the bloodstream, as we said earlier, uh, the body recognizes it as a foreign object and turns on that immune response. Mm-hmm. But if that foreign object is actually a large food macronutrient or protein, then your immune system starts sending signals to create an immune response and starts attacking it, Mm. starts creating antibodies, and the body has a really good memory. So every time you eat that food again, your immune system sees it as dangerous, attacks it, causes more inflammation, but that inflammation continues to further break down the gut. So all of this results in these food intolerances. Mm-hmm. You know, something started leaky gut, like parasites or antibiotics, then leaky gut causes these food intolerances and the food intolerances continue to cause leaky gut. So in order to heal the gut, you must remove the foods or they're going right. to continue to break down the lining of the gut. So that's what we look at. We look for those food sensitivities. And the good thing about it is once you can heal the gut, most of the time you can add them back in. I right. will never say add back gluten though. <laughs> right, right. But usually with the food sensitivities, it's okay once you heal the gut. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just think, oh, I'm going to do a food sensitivity panel. That's great. They don't look at what created the leaky gut in the first place. They don't right. look at the gut. They don't then try to heal the gut. And so uh, there's no point in just doing a food sensitivity panel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now the the third test that we do is called an organic acid test. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks at over 70 different important markers in the body and how it's functioning. Uh, It looks for things like B vitamins, which are really important for our compromised kids, uh, diet modifications. So things like salicylates and oxalates, which some listeners might've heard. Um, detoxification, Mm -hmm. uh, neurotransmitters like serotonin and dopamine. Um, It looks at oxidative stress, yeast and mold toxicity. And Mm, interestingly, I see mold a lot. I actually just looked at an organic acid test before I jumped onto the podcast and Mm -hmm. there was aspergillus in in this kid's body. Mm. Um, And mold toxicity can, you know, can brain fog is like one of the biggest things. And that brain fog is inattention. Um, so, uh, you know, that that's a really good test. And then the last test that I look at is something called a cryptopyrrole test. Mm-hmm. And pyrroles are a normal uh, byproduct in the body and they attach to vitamin B6 and zinc and they draw out these elements uh, out of the body when they're excreted through the urine. So if someone has these elevated cryptopyrrole levels, it can result in a dramatic deficiency of zinc and B6. Mm-hmm. And it's frequently identified in behavioural disorders and ADHD and depression and aggression. Um, so things uh, like poor tolerance to physical or emotional stress, mm-hmm. uh, poor anger control, anxiety, uh, mood swings, poor short-term memory, even sensitivity to light and sound is a common um, uh, a common uh, symptom of that. Wow. So those are what we look at. And, you know, with all that information, we normally sort of do a developer sort of a personalised health 
building protocol. We we don't diagnose, we don't treat anything. It is about building that body up, you know, Mm -hmm. changing the diet, um, targeted supplementation plan to sort of really get to what we found um, and, you know, support the whole body through detoxification, removing those nasties, reducing inflammation, healing that gut, which then, of course, heals the brain. So all of that really allows the body to renew, to heal uh, and to restore itself back to that optimum health, which is what we all want. Yeah, that is brilliant. And that is really helpful. And um, these are not tests that you're going to find at the pediatrician. No, these are the, the tests. It's interesting because I've been to I've been to alternative um, yep. doctors and function with functional medicine and mm-hmm. um, and chiropractors. And they're like, we don't even really I mean, we'll look at some of the data that we get from the doctor, yeah. but, but there's so much more. There's there is so, so much, much more. more. And yeah. I like, these are just four base tests. Um, right. And look, most children, they adapt really quickly and, and that's enough for most. Um, yeah. uh, there are other ones that have a lot of these challenges. Um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, that have um, uh, extra challenges that we need to dive deeper in things like um, methylation and heavy metals and things like that. But we do that afterwards because I find these are a really good you know, cross section for the, for the families to do. Right. Right. So if there's one thing that our ADHD moms with ADHD adolescents can do right now, now I know the gluten, you know, removing the gluten, but what would, what, what would be your, okay, you, you're, you're already challenged. And then you have these, these teens who are, (laughs) have their own minds. What would that, what would that one thing, the first step, what would that be? I probably start with getting them to understand the why. Um, And I do find, Mm -hmm. you know, I do find that when you've got the teenagers that, um, yeah, so I think like with the the teenagers, a lot of them actually need to see it in uh, lab tests um, Mm -hmm. because they actually can go, oh, I can see it on paper. Uh, And so really uh, um, I think they want to understand the why. Uh, and just start slowly, you know, just yeah. remember that Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, it's no different if the child's younger or, or older, but with the older ones, you can actually get that buy-in um, more. You can actually explain to them really why they're doing what they're doing. Right. And I think, you know, you also want to teach them to understand their body feelings. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I say this quite a bit, but if my parents taught me to really understand how certain things feel inside my body, I would mm-hmm. be a lot more self-aware earlier right. in life. I am exactly. now, I'm over 40, but, you know, yeah. I would have, you know, I think back to my 20s and if I had known certain feelings, it would have helped me so much. And so just starting to have these conversations like, mm-hmm. you know, hey, buddy, I noticed that your uh, feeling or your your you're angry. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm really curious. Um, uh, how does that feel in your body? Mm, Right. Great question. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, then you can find then, you know, as you start to change the diet and they're really understanding the feelings in their body, you can tie the diet changes to the, to the way they're feeling. And so if they go off and they go and eat uh, something when they haven't eaten that for a while, and all of a sudden they're super angry or having Mm. a tantrum or stomping their feet, you can say, 
once they've calmed down, obviously, right. um, you can say, hey, buddy, I noticed today that you uh, seemed really angry again. We haven't seen that for a while. You know, uh, you told me that you had eaten that food. Can you see? Can you see the correlation between mm, what you ate? Right and um, how your body's reacting to it. Helping them to see natural consequences. Yes. Right? If exactly. I eat this, then I feel this way. That's brilliant. Yes. I love that. That's a that's a great first, first step. So Donna, can you tell us about a time in motherhood when you either over achieved something or overcame something that originally just felt impossible? Yeah, look, I just have to take it back to uh, my son's ADHD. Yeah. Um, uh, and I'm sure, Tracy, as a parent of uh, a child or children with ADHD, um, it's a really, really lonely place to be when you are going through challenges and right. you feel like there's no one out there that is going through the same thing and you can't talk about it with your family because they don't understand. Yeah. Uh, and overcoming that and seeing your child thrive mm. uh, is the is the best thing in the world yeah. and you can do it listeners yeah. out there can do it it's not impossible you don't have to do it alone you don't have to go on this journey alone and i think that if you use that challenge and really embrace it and you know arm yourself with the knowledge and the uh, you know you don't have to go down the full-on education path like i had to because i just could not find anyone out there that could help me right uh, and so uh, you know i've turned that challenge into such a rewarding career mm. I grew up never wanting to change the world. Right. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a business person. I uh -huh. All I wanted to do was be a businesswoman and have my own office. That was my dream. <laughs> That's great. And you do. And you're changing and the I world. Do. I'm sitting <laughs> in my office. But I can now say that I am changing other people's lives yeah. and I never had, I never wanted that before. And, right. but when it, you know, and, and, and my son is to thank, and I have just written a book um, and it's due to be published next month. Oh, and sweet. Yes. And um, you know, the dedicate, I wrote the dedication page and, you know, he might not truly understand uh what right. he did uh that changed the trajectory of like our family life of my professional career um and how he's changed so so many other kids lives and families lives that right. was all because of him oh, that's uh, beautiful so uh you know i i we overcame that together it wasn't just me Right. Um, he's a trooper and, um, you know, he's my guinea pig now uh, yeah. looking to bring in some genetic testing into my business, uh, you know, because we want to really optimize the genes to allow those ADHD superpowers to be, you know, to, to shine through. And so, of mm. course, I do the test on him first. Um, right, right, right. The results now. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'd say that, that him and his journey and our journey. Yeah. Well, and I love that too. Well, as I'm listening to you talk, the ripple effect, it's not yeah. just the families, right? Because yeah. now these kids in these families are 
self-aware, right? And they understand and they're going to be able to take take what just their way of life. I mean, for, for a lot of them, I bet it's just it's just going to be the way of life. It's not going to be like any massive change like you had to do or, or like some of us have to do that are listening, you know, that'll just be natural that of course we're going to eat this way. And of course, you know, so yeah. I love that. And they I love share that. that with their friends. Um, right. uh, this, this uh, the team member that's starting with us who was telling, you know, that lost all of that weight um she was telling me a story that you know she now goes and educates all her friends and saying you know you shouldn't really be eating that gluten because of this 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 because it right. can affect you in this way um so you know you change one family's life or one person's life and then you change a whole community yeah that's exactly it i love that i love that about about the work that we get to do right mm, definitely. Donna, this has been an amazing conversation. I was super excited about having this conversation and, um, and meeting you. And can you tell our, our listeners how they can find you and t definitely tell us about the book? Is it, it, is it available for pre-order? Uh, it isn't available for pre-order, um, uh, but uh, it will be available. Uh, we're hoping towards the end of June. Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be called ADHD and Thriving. Um, mm, right. You know, a natural approach to reducing ADHD symptoms. Okay. So, uh, really, really excited about that one, uh, and I'll definitely be sharing with my community uh, and who follow me. Uh, you know, when that's available, uh, so you can find me either on Instagram, which is at ADHD Thrive Institute mm -hmm. on Facebook at ADHD Thrive Institute. Uh, my website is www.adhdthriveinstitute.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. And fantastic. And you just started a podcast as well. I did. And it's called The Soaring Child. Soaring um, Child. Beautiful. Because, you know, the, the result of all these changes can allow your child to soar. Right. And whether they have ADHD or not, children should be able to soar yeah. uh and so uh, that's what it's called um it's doing really really well uh, you can either find you can find the links on our website or you can search for um the soaring child on all the podcast platforms all right it's fantastic well thank you so much for taking the time today More than welcome. and um i you. cannot wait to share this with our listeners you're welcome all right goodbye for now Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.